Wow, what a, what a blessing it is to just come into the house of God and just worship God and just tell God we love you and then to turn to our neighbor and say, and, and I love you. I mean, that's the great commandment, right? Love God and love others. And, and I pray, man, if you're a guest here today, that you know you are loved by this God of whom we are singing uh, today. And I pray that you feel welcome and loved in this place. And if you're watching online, we, we are so glad that you are tuning in. Hey, we're starting a new sermon series uh, today on the fruit of the Spirit. But before we dive into love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, all of the fruit, we're gonna do a preamble to the fruit of the Spirit. And we're gonna do a preamble because God, when he inspired Paul to write the words that we're gonna study from the letter to the Galatians, when he inspired Paul to wrote the, write those words, he did a preamble. And he talked about the importance of walking by the Spirit and putting to death the deeds of the flesh. Because there is only one who can produce fruit in you, and there's only one who can produce fruit in me, and it is not willpower, it really is God power, Holy Spirit power. So we're gonna talk about uh, what does it look like to walk in the spirit? What does it look like to put to death the deeds of the flesh? And as I mention those words, if you're sitting there going, I'm kind of fuzzy on the meaning and uh, I'm not sure what you're talking about. I need a little refresher course. Well, you're in great company. I, I, I think all of us are in that same category. So let me use just an illustration uh, to get us started. How many of y'all uh, remember the, the Native American chief by the name of Sitting Bull? You've heard that name before. Raise your hand. Now, you're in God's house. Don't lie, just so you're like, well, I don't wanna appear dumb, you know? All right, Sitting Bull. Maybe you remember he, along with Crazy Horse, led their troops in defeating Custer at Little Bighorn. You, you probably all remember that. It is Sitting Bull who famously said these words. Inside me there are two dogs. One is mean and evil, and the other is good. And they fight each other all the time. When asked which one wins, I answer, the one I feed. The one I feed. Now, I wanna see a show of hands. Did I remember, did I remind you already you're in the house of God, so don't lie. God will get you. Like, seriously, even in my house? You know, okay, so you ready? How many of you, uh, just show of hands, don't lie. Don't raise your hand unless you, you sincerely mean this. How many of you can relate to what Sitting Bull said? Uh, two dogs, one good, one bad, and man, they're fighting all the time. Show of hands, how many of you can relate to that? Yeah, it's pretty well all of us. I mean, that's just the reality that we all face. Most of us can relate, and, and maybe, maybe uh, you've heard these words by the Apostle Paul. He wrote these words 2,000 years before Sitting Bull said those words that I just quoted. If you look in Romans chapter seven, not our text for the day, so don't, don't, you don't have to turn there. You're welcome to, but you don't have to. Uh, he, he said, Man, the good that I wanna do, I don't do. Can any of you relate to that? There's good that I want to do that I don't do. Show of hands, I know, interactive sermon here. Okay, yeah. 
And then he comes back and he says, in the bad that I don't wanna do, I do. Okay, we can all relate to that. And ultimately he says, wretched man that I am, who's gonna set me free from this body of death? But listen to the way he says it, starting with verse 21. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. Even when I'm listening to the good dog and trying to lean into the good dog and follow what the good dog is saying, I find that the bad dog is yapping and barking and exerting a lot of influence over me. Even when I'm trying to follow the good dog, for I do delight in the law of God in my inner being. What he's saying is, Paul, that is, you and I are a new creation in Christ. And if we are a new creation in Christ, here's the reality. At the deepest recesses of your soul, what you and I long to do is that which pleases God. And so that's what he's saying here. He says, listen to this. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being. But I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Translation, in this everyday walking around life that I live, man, I wanna follow God, but I so often find that I don't and do the exact opposite of what God's calling me to do. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? In your Bible, the very next verse, Paul says this. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord, period, end of sentence. There's only one who can set us free, and his name is Jesus. So this morning, we're gonna dive into a text that's the preamble to the fruit of the Spirit. And what we're gonna hear Paul teach us under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit is that there's a war going on in your soul today there's a war going on in my soul today, and it's between the flesh and the spirit. And here's what Paul says about that. I'm gonna ask you to stand as I read God's word. The reason I ask you to stand is I'm asking you to make a declaration in your own heart, even as you stand, that God's word is my authority for faith, that is, for what I believe. And God's word is my authority for practice, that is, for what I do. Here's what Paul says. I'm gonna kind of read at my own speed, so I'm just gonna ask you to follow along because I want us to read for comprehension, not completion. So here we go, you ready? You listen as I read. But I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit. And the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Thank you for standing and honoring God and his word. Go ahead and grab a seat and listen. There's one thing that I really do pray that you just, you allow God to speak this truth into your soul. I believe this is, the essence of what Jesus is saying to us through his apostle Paul in these verses. You can't stop the war in your soul, but you do pick the winner. There's a war going on and you can't stop the war this side of heaven, but you and I do pick the winner every single 
today. Let's dive into the word. You ready? First of all, you do pick the winner. Where did I get that? Right out of the word of God. Did you notice how he says, but I say to you, walk by the spirit. Walk by the spirit. What he's saying there is you and I, every single day, we choose which dog we're gonna feed. And by choosing which dog we're gonna feed, we choose which dog is going to win. Walk by the Spirit. What he's saying there is, hey, when you walk by the Spirit, here's what you're doing. You are following the prompting of the Holy Spirit. You are following the leadership of the Holy Spirit. You are obeying what the good dog is telling you to do. You are walking in obedience to God's word. If you look in your Bible, uh, at verse 25 in the text that we just read, it says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. So the idea of living by the Spirit and keeping in step with the Spirit are intertwined. They're two sides of the same coin. What does it mean to walk by the Spirit? It means that you keep in step with the Spirit. Now, I want you to pay attention to that word by. Walk by the Spirit. What is that saying? By is talking about the power. Uh, you and I walk by the Spirit. The only way we can keep in step with the Spirit is to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to do so. The Holy Spirit is our power source. Let me try to use this illustration. Think of a high jumper versus a pole vaulter. Now, a high jumper just has to depend upon inner power alone, right? You got your legs, and that's about it. And so you've got this bar that's maybe, I don't know, about this high. If I'm jumping it, it needs to be about this high. I mean, you know, I, I amaze myself at just how unathletic I really am. I'm like, in most ways, I'm just a normal human being. But when it comes to anything athletic, it's just like, I don't get it. I just, my body won't cooperate. In my mind, I am so athletic. <laughs> but in my body, I'm not. So, so if I were gonna do a high jump, I'd want to say I need the bar about three feet and I think I could clear it. But I'm not swearing to it, okay? Now, do you wanna know what the world record for high jump is. Amazingly, it was set all the way back, all the way back in 1993 by a guy named Javier Sotomayor, and he cleared a height of over eight feet. I'm six feet tall, so this is about eight feet tall. I mean, and that's on inner power alone. That's on leg power alone. That's impressive. He can clear a bar as high as I can reach. But now pole vault. Oh, now we're talking about a whole different ball game, right? Because you still got inner power, that is leg power, but you've now got outer power. You've got external power. I mean, you've got a pole and you, you run and you set the pole in that box, but now all of a sudden this external power of the pole uh, propels you to incredible heights. You, you, you get enough force going, enough momentum going, and, and that pole is in the box, and, and man, it starts to bend and torque, and then you throw your feet up in the air, and it sends you soaring. You want to know what the current world record for a pole vault is? It was set in February of this year, and it is 20 feet 5 inches. That just blows away 8 feet, doesn't it? See, Internal power, 
external power. If you are going to walk in the ways of Jesus, you're going to need an external power source. You're going to have to do it powered by, empowered by the Holy Spirit. And that means we're not talking willpower, we're talking Holy Spirit, power, walk by the Spirit. How do you pull that off? Paul says in another place, a verse that I quote just about every week because I have to quote it to myself just about every day of my life. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. See, when you face the clear prompting of the good dog and the bad dog is barking loud and exerting a lot of influence. If you're gonna walk by the Spirit, you're gonna walk empowered by the Spirit to follow the good dog, you're gonna have to be praying, God, right now, will you give me the desire to do what you're leading me to do? God, will you give me the power to do what you're leading me to do? See, half the time, my problem is desire. I know exactly what God is leading me to do, what his word teaches, what the Ten Commandments teach, what the Sermon on the Mount teaches, and my problem is desire because my flesh is over here wanting to do this, and I wanna be mad, and I wanna be resentful, and I don't wanna forgive, and so I have to pray, God, will you give me the desire to do what you want me to do? The other half the time, my problem is power. Oh, I want to do what God's calling me to do, but I don't have the power to do it because the flesh is exerting such an incredible, powerful pull. So in those moments, I have to pray, God, will you give me the desire? And then when you give me the desire, God, will you give me the strength to actually follow what you are calling me to do. See, that's how you feed the good dog and starve the bad dog. That's how you feed the spirit and starve the flesh. Kim and I, a number of years ago, got to go to Switzerland. We'd never traveled over there, and so we went through a travel agency, and it was just one of those package deals. It was just one of the most amazing trips that we've ever been on. We got to be in Switzerland for like a week, and it was stinking amazing. I mean, we would, we would ride the train from one city to the next, and whenever we got to whatever city, uh, we would get off the train. We'd make our way to the hotel uh, where we were staying, and the travel agency had arranged it then at a certain time for a guide to meet us our hotel and we would meet our guide down in the lobby and our guide would take us and show us the most incredible sights. I mean, we got to go on a boat ride on Lake Geneva. We got to go to one of the prettiest cities I've ever seen in my life in Montreux. It's right there on Lake Geneva. And we're looking at a mountain and, and you see these specks just floating through the air. I kid you not, we first thought they were birds kind of flying. This, this, then they're getting bigger and, and then we're going, well, these are hang gliders. And then they go in for landing. Our guide showed us how to make it to the castle there just outside of Montreux. Our guide showed us in, in Zermatt uh, just how to make it to this cogwheel train. Cogwheel uh, because it's not like engine powered. It's, it's like cogwheels because you're going basically straight up the side of a mountain and you ride the cogwheel train up to the top of Gornagrot and you stand in Zermatt and you look up at the Matterhorn and it's amazing sight. And then you ride the train up to the top of Gornagrot and the next peak over is the Matterhorn and you're going, this is amazing. And we got to see that because we walked by our guide. Does that make sense? And so in the very same way, when you are praying, God, give me the desire 
and give me the power to follow what you're leading. See, the Holy Spirit guides you First of all, into a life of purity. Uh, The Holy Spirit begins to prompt you. The Holy Spirit begins to draw you into this life of purity. Here's what the Ten Commandments say. Here's what the Sermon on the Mount says. But the Holy Spirit doesn't just say, here's the way I want you to go. The Holy Spirit doesn't just guide you like our guide in Switzerland. No, the Holy Spirit then begins to give you the power to actually live a life of purity. Uh, When you begin to pray, God, I'm gonna walk by the Spirit today. Give me the desire and the power to do what pleases you. Then what happens is the Holy Spirit begins to guide you into loving others. Uh, First of all, loving loved ones. And some of you are going, "Uh uh-oh. Because you came to church today and you were kind of... Sometimes it's hard to love loved ones, right? And some of y'all are going, did you tell the preacher? No, 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 no. I just know human nature. I know whenever Kim and I actually come to church in the same car, we're always like, and so, you know, we never drive to church together. You should try that. (laughs) I kid you not, I'm in my office. I'm trying to pray. I'm trying to go over the message and I see my wife walking by and not for the sake of this sermon or an illustration. I just texted her and I just thought, man, I just saw you. And my first thought was how much I love you. I know, I know I'm just a romantic My second thought was, and I'm so thankful to God that we didn't come together today because you're running late and I'm running early and we'd be fighting and I couldn't preach, but I didn't say that. So don't tell her I said that, okay? That's our secret. She's daydreaming, I'm sure, over there. (laughs) Guys, do you see what happens when you begin to walk by the Spirit? Here's what's so cool. The Holy Spirit says, I wanna lead you into loving Others, and that includes your loved ones, that includes your parents, that includes the student living in your household. And that means uh, also the unlovable ones. I wanna lead you into loving your enemies and I wanna lead you into loving the ones that irritate you and I wanna lead you into loving the ones who stabbed you in the back and the ones that are hard to forgive. I'm gonna lead you into that. But then the Holy Spirit empowers you to actually love the unlovely people in your life. See, that's not willpower, folks. That's Holy Spirit power. Now, here's the reality. You can't stop the war in your soul, not this side of heaven, but you do choose which dog is gonna win. Does that make sense? So let's look at the other part of the equation. You can't stop the war. Where do we get that? Right out of the text. But I say to you, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Let's break this down so that we can understand what Paul is saying to us. What is the flesh? The flesh is that crucified, put to death part of your being. The part that was put to death when you came to faith in Jesus Christ. If anyone is in Christ, he, she is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. When you place your faith, your trust in Jesus, Jesus makes you a new creation. He puts to death the flesh. He puts to death the old you, and he raises up a whole new you. Uh, it says in Galatians chapter two, verse 20, I've been crucified with Christ. Who's been crucified? Your old flesh, your old self. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God 
who loved me and delivered himself up for me. What is the flesh? The flesh is that old part of your being that has actually been put to death. And some of you are thinking, I'm really confused, Gary. I thought there was a good dog and a bad dog. And, and, and there's a good dog and a bad dog in my life. And the flesh seems very much alive. Oh, the flesh is very much alive. You just said the flesh has been put to death. I know, that's what the Bible says. But you said, wait a minute, there's a war. I know. Uh, can you explain that? No, I can't explain that. That's way above my pay grade. You gotta ask God to explain that one to you. I'm just telling you what the word of God teaches. It's the part of you, the being, the part of your being that was put to death, uh, but it's also the part of you that far too often wants to follow the little G God of this world whose name is Satan. It's the part of you that far too often, uh, though you've declared Jesus, you're my king. Uh, if you wanna be saved, confess Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you shall be saved. Jesus, you're Lord, you're king of kings. I make you my Lord. I arrange my life under you. I will submit to you, I'll follow you. But the flesh is the part of you that says, yeah, Jesus, you're the king of kings, but today I'm gonna, I'm gonna usurp the throne. And I'm gonna live the way I wanna live and I'm gonna do what I wanna do. And nobody's gonna tell me what to do and nobody's gonna tell me how to behave and nobody's gonna tell me how to act. I'll do what I wanna do as long as it's not hurting somebody else. So don't talk to me about my affair. Don't talk to me about my attitude. Don't talk to me about forgiving that person. Don't talk to me about same-sex relationship. Don't talk to me about anything. Because I'll do what I wanna do. That's the flesh. That says, yeah, Jesus, I made you my king, but I'm gonna live as if I am my own king. He says, you'll not gratify the desires of your flesh. What's the word gratify mean? The word gratify just means to celebrate. See, when the good dog leads and we follow the good dog, Jesus, give me the desire and the power to follow you. We don't give our flesh an opportunity to celebrate. When we don't walk by the power of the Spirit, what we do is we follow the desires of the flesh and the desires of the flesh begins to celebrate. It is gratified. Any football fans in here, NFL fans, anyone? Only 10 of us? You, you ever notice how when a team scores a touchdown, there, there, there's this huge just victory dance in the end zone. If it's your team, you join them in doing the victory dance. Yeah, yeah any, any, no, okay. Anybody, wow, my wife is laughing at me. <laughs> Gary, you don't realize how much you look like a dork. I know, I've already admitted it. I own it. You ever heard of Icky Woods? He, he popularized the Icky Shuffle. Oh yeah. It's still voted one of the top 10 NFL celebrations of all time. Here's what your flesh does. Check it out, check it out when you do the icky shuffle, yeah, <laughs> yeah, icky shuffle. See, that's what your flesh does. When you say no to walking in the spirit and yes to just following after whatever your flesh wants. So let's kind of break this down. You still with me? Walk by the spirit, you won't gratify the desires of the flesh. Don't you wish it didn't say gratify and don't you wish it said crucify? You just walk by the Spirit today and listen, here's what's gonna happen. You will once and for all crucify the influence of the flesh on your soul. Walk by the Spirit today and you will once and for all and forever destroy the bad dog. Walk by the Spirit and you will no longer struggle 
with a war in your soul, battle, temptation, it'll all be over with and the victory will be won. Just walk by the spirit and you're good. Doesn't say that, does it? Because there's no way that the war is ever gonna end this side of heaven. Sadly, the flesh, though dead, still has a big bark and a huge influence. You know what I think of? Wiley Cowdy. Anybody remember Wiley Cowdy besides me? Man, I don't know what he had it in for the roadrunner, why he had it in for the roadrunner, but I'm telling you, Wiley Cowdy was always after the roadrunner, and, and, and I want you to see this dude. I mean, he's just after the roadrunner. Here's what happens though. He never could catch the roadrunner, and he'd get blown up, he'd get thrown up, he'd get flattened, and, and check this out. I mean, he's going to be flattened. But you know what he's gonna do in the very next scene? He's gonna get right back up and get after the roadrunner again, right? That's your flesh. It's a zombie. You walk by the spirit and you put to death the influence of the flesh on your soul for a season. That's what the Bible says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. But you've gotta understand this. When you put to death the desires of the flesh, it's not a headshot, and your flesh is wily coyote. Your flesh is a zombie. And so now, if you're getting all confused, then let's just remember a little bit of theology here, right? Our theology is this. When you come to faith in Christ, you are justified, and that's when you are released from the penalty of sin. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus our Lord. But then you begin a process of sanctification. That is until Jesus returns or until you die and Jesus comes to receive you unto himself. And during sanctification, that's where the Holy Spirit is releasing us from the power of sin. And this is the whole idea of walking by the Spirit. And then one day when Jesus returns or we die and go to be with Jesus, we shall be glorified. And that's when we shall be released from the presence of sin. But that's not until we are face to face with Jesus. Does that make sense? That's why theologians say we have been saved. That's justification. We are being saved. That's sanctification. We shall be saved. That's glorification. We are in the sanctification stage right now. Our flesh has been crucified, but our flesh is a zombie. And it keeps coming back to life, barking and exerting enormous influence over us. So what do we do with this? What do we do with the reality that your soul is a war zone and you can't stop the war, but you can choose who wins? Well, I would encourage you to just live with these two realities. Embrace them, they're true. First one is this, victory is not final. This side of heaven, victory is not final. That's why you and I pray and we are empowered when we pray and we say, God, give me the desire and the power to do what pleases you. We are empowered to say no to temptation and to obey Jesus. But don't be surprised when you get up tomorrow and you face the very same temptation over again. Why? Because victory is not final until we are face to face with Jesus. And the reality is you can't stop the war. 
That's why we have to read up and pray up and confess up every day. That's why we have to put on the armor of God every single day, stand firm, having fastened on the belt of truth and put on the breastplate of righteousness. And for your shoes, it says, put on readiness given by the gospel of peace in all circumstances. Take up the shield of faith. And it says, take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Victory over flesh and temptation is not final. Some of you are going, Gary, that's so discouraging and depressing. It's also reality. But, but here's another reality that's incredibly encouraging. Defeat is not fatal. You realize that, right? Defeat is not fatal. See, we all give in to temptation. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's never a moment in this life that you will look Jesus eyeball to eyeball and say, I'm as good as you, bud. You know that, right? I'm as righteous as you are. No, 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 no. You and I give our flesh way too many opportunities to do the icky shuffle. Our, our flesh is way better at the icky shuffle than it has any right to be. But here's great news. Defeat is not fatal. Why is defeat not fatal? Because our God is a good God and our God forgives and our God cleanses. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Defeat is not fatal for the child of God. And let me tell you something, soon and very soon, Jesus is coming again. And soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. And soon and very soon, he is going to give us a glorified body and a glorified soul. And Jesus is going to defeat evil and he's gonna defeat the evil one. And we are going to live with Jesus and do heaven's version of the icky shuffle with Jesus forever and ever and ever, amen? So why? Why do we walk? by the Spirit, because when we do, God begins to do something amazing in our soul. He begins to produce fruit, not fruits. It's not plural, fruit. And the fruit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and self-control. God begins to do a work in our soul that makes us so much more like Jesus and we begin to celebrate because Jesus said the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come so that you might have life and have it more abundantly. We get to live the abundant life that Jesus has for us. So what do we do with this message? Number one, if, you, if you've never trusted Jesus, you don't stand a chance in the war because there's only one dog yapping in your life and it's your flesh. You need to invite Jesus in. 
See, Jesus is the king of kings and he is coming again and he is gonna establish his kingdom on a new earth in a new heaven and he is gonna establish his kingdom and there's only gonna be one king in the kingdom and his name is Jesus and it ain't you, it ain't me. It is Jesus and what Jesus did is he died on a cross and was buried in a grave but he came forth from the grave conquering sin, death, Satan and hell so that you and I have an opportunity to live forever as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. But what we have to do is we have to repent. We have to say, Jesus, I'm sorry for actually believing that I am my king and I confess you are my king. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Jesus, you're the king. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You shall be, help me out church, what? For whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Listen to me, get into the war. Get into it today. By saying, Jesus, I repent, I believe in you, and I confess you as my king. I arrange my life under your authority. But then, what do you do? Recognize that today defeat is not fatal. You've come here, and maybe Satan is convicting you, and you've got all kinds of guilt. And listen to me, Jesus stands ready to forgive. What he wants you to do is to say, Jesus, I'm sorry. I listened to the bad dog, wretched man that I am. Who's gonna set me free from this body of death? Paul said that. And you can declare, thanks be to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus, I'm asking you to forgive me, and I'm asking you to set me free, and I'm asking you to empower me to walk in accordance with the promptings of your spirit today. And yes, Jesus, I know the battle's gonna start all over again today, tomorrow, and I'm gonna have to do the very same thing tomorrow. That's what I believe God's inviting us to do. Pierce is going to come and uh, close us out in a minute. Not yet, Pierce. We're gonna do the Lord's Supper, okay? I, I, I faked him out. But, but I want you to know why we're gonna do the Lord's Supper today. Listen to me. There is one who made it possible for you to live as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. And he did that by offering his life up as the sacrifice for your sins. And when you take this bread today, I'm inviting you to declare Jesus because of your sacrifice, I know now I can walk by the Spirit because through your sacrifice, I have received the Spirit. No longer I live, but Christ lives in me. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, I died so that I could empower you to walk in my ways. This is my body, take and eat. And Jesus said, the fact that I died wasn't just a death for death's sake. He says, you gotta understand this. The wages of death is sin. And there's no remission of sin, forgiveness of sin without the shedding of blood. The price to pay for sin, for your sin, is death. But Jesus said, I shed my blood. I died that death in your place so that you could have the life that I offer a life of walking by the Spirit and not gratifying the desires of the flesh. This is my blood, take and drink. Pierce is gonna come and close out our time today.
You know, as I'm sitting over there and, and just thinking and digesting as, as we all are, I'm reminded of as, as we fight and as we participate in this war of flesh versus the spirit that we don't have to do it alone. Of course, we, we rely, as, as Gary talked about it, on the strength of the Lord, but we also get to link arms with people in this room. And we as a church, really, so much of what we do is to equip you for the battle that you step into tomorrow against your flesh. And we wanna do that. And so if there's a way that we can do it, if, if there's something, if there's a way that we can pray for you, connect you with a life group, give you some resources, we would love to do that in the Next Step room, which is right behind you. It's in the middle of the room. It's this all glassed in room. You can't miss it. Or if you just wanna text in, maybe, maybe you gotta run out uh, pretty quick today, or you want to follow up later, then you can text us at that same number, 45859, and just text Next Step. And someone from our pastoral team will reach out to you soon. It won't be as quickly uh, as going back there this afternoon, but if that's an option for you, if that's something you like to do, you can do that as well. And then as you leave, you can give your tithes and offering in the baskets as you exit. And we hope you have a great week, and we'll see you next week.